Hello friends, this is your technology information channel. This is George speaking, and for my geek friends that know me as PC Caremon. Okay friends, so how to keep hackers out of your Windows computer? Very interesting question. Okay, very interesting question. Okay, so let me explain to you what the experts say. When it comes to the internet, there's nothing called 100% security. And I've said that many, many times over the years. But one of the best methods to keep hackers out of your computer would be to turn off JavaScript on Flash. As these two are widely used to inject malicious scripts in your system. But that many may be practical for some as the internet relies on JavaScript and Flash for <coughs> excuse me, quite a few new features from logging into websites to browsing, searching functions and more. Turning off JavaScript you will find that you cannot do much on the internet. So how do we keep hackers away? How do we keep hackers away? Okay, so there are some tips here to prevent hacking without having to restrict yourself by turning it off JavaScript on Flash. Keeping hackers out of your computer. Apart from the following, the basic steps like keeping your Windows operating system and software up to date. Keep your firewall turned on. Use a good antivirus software or an internet security suite. Okay, so here's some precautions you should follow. Turn off JavaScript on Flash. If you can disable JavaScript on Flash, good, it'll make your system more secure. There's also a great policy settings to disable JavaScript for those that don't know. We will cover that at a later date. Common sense, use a strong password for the user on online accounts. Easy passwords make it easy for everyone to log into your account and take it over. In most cases, the hackers will change the password after taking over your machine so that you cannot log in. What happens afterwards to reclaim the machine is a tenderless process. It is always recommended to use strong passwords which contain uh, characters and also including special characters, upper cases, lower cases of your keyboard. You can force it on the Windows user to harden the login password policy and create a strong password. You can also make it possible that the account is locked down after three attempts. For online accounts, they recommend you use password monitor software such as LastPass. It generates secure passwords and stores them safely so that you can use them without having to remember each. Further, it's better to have a different password for different sites so that if one account is compromised, the others are safe. This is all common sense, friends. Remove cropware is also important, okay? Because you never know what kind of programs are installed on your computer when you buy a new device. A superfish that has made it possible for cyber criminals to intimidate the man in the middle attack. A new computer comes with plenty of software that you won't ever need. The first step after getting a new computer is to remove all cropware. And the programs that you won't need, 
These are certain third-party crapware removal tools that let you decide what programs to keep and automatically remove all crapware. You can use any such program or you can remove unwanted programs on toolbars manually. The manual method is safer though it takes some persistence on your part. If you see a program that you don't understand it's better to consult someone and then remove it. Do your research on the program find out what it is. Another very important factor friends a lot of us don't think about is to use your web browser wisely and use secure add-ons which are called extensions. For those that don't understand, web browsers are the medium that allow users to connect the internet and interact with. There are many browsers out there in the market. Choose your browser wisely. It should be able to protect you from everything you're surfing. For example, Internet Explorer has a smart screen filter that tries to check out reliable websites. If you're using Google Chrome, you will find add-ons that tell your website is reliable. Likewise for Firefox and NoScript. Now NoScript is a plugin that allows you to browse securely by blocking unwanted scripts. You can allow scripts only in websites that you want. Further make sure that your browser is always up to date. It's a common factor hackers use to compromise systems. Now when you look at the top of your web browser you will see HTTPS at the top left of your browser when you go to a particular site. The S stands for security. If you don't see the S then your, your, the page that you're on is not secure. So use HTTPS as far as possible. There is also an extension for the HTTP stands for Hyper Tax Transfer Protocol, for those that don't know. HTTPS is an advanced version that has appended to the protocol that means that the connection to the website would be secure. By secure, it means encrypted. One cannot simply make it HTTPS for a website to become the HTTPS. It has to pass a various of tests examine if the website is indeed as secure as it's meant to be. Almost all social networking sites provide the HTTPS. All e-commerce stores are also provided and you're protected better than just an HTTP connection that may not be secure or may not have what they call a digital certificate. To make sure that you do not forget using the TPPS, you can set up a group policy in Windows. I will cover group policies in a later podcast. There are plugins that allow for browsers to make sure the websites are forced to load the HTTPS. One is called SecureNet. Always that you log in, credentials, bank card details are safe. One such plugin is HTTPS everywhere, sorry. Okay. You get that extension if you're using Google Chrome, Firefox, or others. I'd also recommend using. Uh, I'd also recommend that you use this browser here. Uh, let me just check. Called Brave. Brave is a secure browser. Okay. On my browser, at the moment I have cookies auto delete. Okay, which will automatically delete the cookies. 
the tax cookies. I also use uh, called Privacy Badger. And I also use Total Web Shield. Now you don't need a whole lot on because the more you on, the more it, more slower it will be to load up your browser, basically. Okay, you also can use one called What, has been out for a long time, and it'll give you an indication you're on a safe page. Sadly, a lot of people just go to pages and they don't realise or know what to look for. So by listening to this podcast, you will have no excuse. Okay, so it is available for Google Chrome, Firefox, Internet Explorer. Well, and it's being retired with Windows 10. And there's a new Spartan browser, well, it's something similar or later. That's another browser you may not have heard. The next thing you want to consider is using the two-step authentication whenever possible. I understand if you use it in Facebook, you will have to type in codes and etc. It's a pain in the butt. But it also prevents another idiot from compromising your system. So use a two-step authentication where possible. Most sites these days provide you with it, in addition to logging in your user ID and password. <coughs> Excuse me, friends. If you have to enter additional information, it is sent to a personal device such as a phone, bank website, cloud storage, and etc. that give you the beneficial of two-factor amplification. Some social networking sites and email service providers provides to offer you in the future. Now, these aren't necessarily in the proper order. Switch off computer or internet connection. Lastly, always turn on your computer and switch off the internet connection. This is because with the growth of high-speed internet connections, many users opt to keep their computer on all the time, even when they are away from the machine for a long time. Such always-on computers are more suspectable. Okay, so if you got it in the office, obviously you don't want someone else nosing. Use common sense. This is what computer security is about. And this, I would say to the government and to some of our politicians that don't understand about technology, common sense can help you. It costs nothing. Do not download email attachments from unknown senders. Now this is important, and this goes out to a couple of my close friends. Whether you're doing a political debate, whether you're highlighting uh, the destruction of a particular thing, remember if someone wants to, or doesn't like what you're doing, the easiest way for them to put you out of business is draw your attention to a piece of information, send it to you, you may say that you scan it with your antivirus program. Believe me, you can get into any computer with a simple text message. So before you accept it, ask yourself, what does this person know about computer security? What does this person know about technology? All I have to do is send an email, put on it. Hey, hey Mick, have you seen this? Curiosity, they're going to open it. Two seconds later, I'm in their system. They don't even know. Their antivirus program will not pick it up. Okay. Remember, 
friends that some of these people that do exploit systems are very smart people. They do know how firewalls work, how antivirus programs work, and etc. So if someone asks you what antivirus program you're using, give them something different that you don't use. Because they could do their research and find how to bypass it. I've learned this by experience. I learned the hard way. Do not download email attachments from unknown senders. These days, you also have to be very careful when you download and where you download them from. Common sense. Such and such rules also needed to be followed. Stay alert at all times. The online world can be as bad as the offline world. That is a fact. There's no sheer shot protection against hackers and malware. Remember, these tips to prevent hackers are just a few precautions you need to take for your computer. So, there's quite a lot of information out there that the like of me and others are willing to help you with. Okay, so, Microsoft, believe it or not, I believe have some documentation. How do I get this hacker out of my computer? Well, number one, how do you know a hacker's on your computer? You won't see your mouse move, you won't see your webcam come on, you will basically see nothing if they're smart enough. So a guy writes in, he says, my PC appears to be hacked into someone at Microsoft. It all began when I refused to download Windows 10. Then the hacking started. I have a snapshot of some internal changes and other evidence leaking back to someone hacking, not only in the main computer, but also on the secondary computer, to which is different IP addresses getting hacked at the same time. Okay, so the reply from the one of the so-called experts was, thank you for posting it. I'm sorry to know that your second computer appears to be hacked. I apologize for inconvenience. And they go through a few suggestions. Method 1. Perform a clean reboot. We can't start Windows by using the minimal set of drivers on startup programs. This kind of startup is known as a clean boot. A clean boot helps eliminate software complex and etc etc. Number 2. Run the Windows Defender in the first line of defense against unwanted software. And then they point them to a link of other places. Now, how do you get a hacker out of my computer using the taskbar? Now, it's not as simple as what some people think. <coughs> if you happen to be lucky enough to learn some of the stuff that I know, Well then, there is a slight chance you can do it. How do you detect if a hacker access in your computer? Which is very important, it's about gathering intelligence. Not every antivirus program, friends, is 100%. I normally try to get the best, the time you recommend it, and the one that's got the best database in it because how an antivirus program works is basically there's a database in it that is updated regularly. They're called antivirus updates. 
the Antivirus program will scan your file system just looking for what's in their database, okay? If there happens to be one out the day before, they've missed it, well then it ain't going to remove it. Now, proving hacking is very, very difficult. Some people would say, format the computer removes the virus. A fool, not a quick format, will remove viruses, along with everything else from a drive being formatted. If I were really careful, I would boot from a CD or DVD, not a flash drive. Previous scanned for viruses to be formed the format since there's such a thing as called rootkits, which can modify the core operating system to hide themselves from scanners, which is correct, which rely on operating systems and uh, sorry, operating system itself to eliminate files that need to be scanned for viruses and rootkit. Back in the day, friends, virus scans were run for from a, a right protective floppy disk containing the DOS big files and scanned. Okay, so it does take you to know what you're doing. Yeah. What do you do if your computer has been hacked? Now, you know, some people say on social media, my computer's been hacked and they're allocated with an IP address and it's maybe showing Lisburn. It's basically just showing the network. But I can assure you, for those experts that know how to hack, it is very, very hard to prove. You need to be well skilled up. And I have been at this well over 20 years. And I'm still keeping on top of it. Now, how would you tell if someone is reviewing your computer remotely? Can someone access my computer remotely without me knowing? The answer is yes. This could happen when you are connected to the internet on your device. If you have a single doubt that someone is spying on you, your computer remotely, I want to know the way about to tell your PC it's being remotely accessed. Okay, there is a number of ways to do it. How do I know if someone's accessed my computer remotely? Figuring out whether someone is remotely viewing your computer or not is not a tough job, friends, if you know what you're doing. But you need to be a little cautious and clear your doubts right away. Here are the best eight methods to find out if someone's hacking into your computer remotely. Okay. Number one, disconnect your computer from the internet if you suspect it. That's the first thing. Everything is possible of the internet. No internet access. No internet means no one can remotely view your PC. If you have a doubt that someone is using your PC at the same time as you, immediately disconnect your internet. It's common sense. Disconnect the internet from the taskbar may not be enough because it can easily connect on its own. You need to do something more. Turn off your router or Wi-Fi. Remove your Ethernet cables. Click Forgot Network from Wi-Fi settings. So, well, you may think that hacking into a computer from another computer may be nearly impossible. However, 
It is indeed possible for someone knowing how to hack a few tricks, making it possible to gain access to your computer you want to monitor, all without having to hire overpriced shoddy hackers. You may not always trust with your data, so whether it be your child, employee or possible cheating spouse, you can now monitor any computer using three simple methods to access a computer. How do you remotely access another computer without permission? This is for educational purposes only. Okay, so can you access a locked computer remotely? Okay, so first of all, let me cover this podcast here for you. This is for educational purposes only. My understanding is the law says that it's not illegal to learn, but it is illegal to do it. How do you remotely access another computer without permission? Without having the correct login, username and password credentials, it is incredibly difficult to access a computer to access a computer on your own without any information or value given by a user. To hack someone's computer from a computer without permission, you will need to either know how to use some technical techniques or you have to install a hacking app on the target device to get around knowing how to hack someone's computer remotely. Can you access a locked computer remotely? Being the original user themselves who locked the computer in the first place, all you need to do is enter your login credentials and pick up where you left off. However, if you are not an administrator, it is still possible to gain access, but you will need to use professional hacking steps to do so. Is it possible to hack someone's computer into someone's computer remotely? Although not necessarily easy, it is definitely possible to remotely enter into someone's computer. To break into someone's system, you must gain their permission to do so, and it's important they do not realise that they have given it to you. A virus which attaches itself to a downloadable file or link within a phishing email on rails the road into someone's personal computer letting you monitor the computer. A much simpler and safer method though is to simply use an invisible third party hacking tool such as MONI, VISOR, app monitoring app in order to not get caught or waste too much time. So remember friends, not everybody knows this stuff. Not everybody knows it. Okay, so it is possible to hack into someone's system. Now, I was trying to, I was trying to, once you start learning wee bits and pieces, then obviously you gain that wee bit more intelligence. And I'm definitely not going to that website. So, some, it depends who is trying to, how easy is it to remove remote access trojans called rot. Now, rot trojan, friends, has been out for a long, long time. It's called trojan RAT. Okay, so, does your computer often stop responding when you attempt to start a program or open a website? Okay. Or even open a Word document file when running an antivirus program to scan your system. 
you will find that there is an infection named Remote Access Trojan. It's called ROT on your computer. You may say, why did antivirus software fail to protect your computer from Trojan? How can you officially compromise and remove Remote Access Trojan ROT? Friends, there is programs out there called Professional Trojan Horse Removal Tools. And they will remove that Trojan off your system. The RAT, Trojan RAT, is one of the newly discovered computer viruses that was designed by cyber hackers to obtain illegal gains from compromised computers. And uh, it can be delivered through spam emails, hijacked websites, and insecure programs. Most of the time, the Trojan virus can still attack your computer, even if you have an antivirus program safeguarded on your computer. Okay, so there is ways to check your system. Now, Professional Trojan Horse Removal Tool. And they have for this particular one here, uh, they have helped thousands of people that got their, uh, got infected to remove them over the years. But some of these programs, friends, you have to pay for them. And they will basically cost you money. Okay, so how to keep hackers out of your computer? Okay, there's quite a lot of information. But sadly, today a lot of people get an email on the opening. Oh, that's okay. I'd come from the party. I'd come from the political party. That's safe. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. There's people sitting in certain positions. They only about know how to use a keyboard, open a browser, or maybe a Word document. Maybe PowerPoint, if you're lucky. Okay, so... While it is good to have a third-party antivirus program, the best you can afford, it is also good and recommended by the the top, top, top experts to have a couple of standalone tools running, not running in real time, but to have them at your disposal. Malware bytes can be used without running in real time, and it won't conflict with your antivirus program. Super anti-spyware is another one. And there's also a, a script file called Bat-Throne. Now, I have tested Bat-Throne out. I've done podcasts on it. B-A-T-T-R-O-N. Okay, it was designed from the GitHub. Okay, it was designed from the GitHub on its Chaxer system. And basically what it does, it removes bloatware and checks your system, okay? So, standalone tools. Standalone uh, antivirus tools.
McAfee Stinger is a standalone utility that was used to attack removed special viruses. That has been out for a long time. Called Stinger McAfee Free Tools. That's one option. And obviously if you're using 64 but download the Stinger EPO for 64. It's a, a free license. So that's one tool. Another one's called Super Anti Spyware. And the experts would recommend that all these different uh, standalone tools. Don't have them run in real time, just use them if you suspect that there's something not right on your system. If your system has been compromised, well then I suggest that you do a complete install, do a, a full format. Komodo Cleaning Essential Tools was another one that was brought out. Some people swear by malware bytes, but there again, you do not want to run it in real time. If you can't afford an antivirus program, you're using Windows 10, then you can do what they call an online scan. Okay, so also, friends, on Windows 10, if you're right click and go to your task monitor, and you go to your processes. In the old days, your CPU would have been using a lot, okay? But nowadays, they've got smarter. So, if you notice that you've very little on your system and you're using up a lot of memory, if you go to the processes and scroll down them, and if you notice something there that's unusual, if you click it, right-click on it, and uh, search online, click search online, It'll basically tell you what it is. Now, the one that I was just checking is a runtime broker and SVCHOST. And I get documentation on it, what it is, so then I know that it's safe. So, let me say that again. For those that don't understand, go to the bottom of your screen on your Windows 10, right click, go to Taskbar, and right click. I'm sorry, go to. Go to the bottom of your screen, right click, go to taskbar and left click. Go to processes. And scroll down your processes. Highlight one, right click on it. And go to search online. Left click. And you will get documentation of that particular service that you're looking at if it's using up a lot of resources. Now, you also should be able to terminate a hacker, but they're giving this for advanced users. You can also look at your services that's running, and you want to turn off remote desktop starters and disable it, unless you need it for a business. By default, Windows 10 comes with remote desktop, okay? So if I type in the search bar, remote, I will see remote desktop connection up. 
I'm not super connected to a remote computer. So options. And I can also I can also set that up where turn it off and disable it where people cannot take remote access to my computer. So there's a few tips there friends for you today on how how to remove a hacker out of your computer and basically how to prevent your system in the first place from being hacked. So please share the podcasts, the information to you as a geek may be no value, but think of the pure creator that doesn't understand technology. So don't be getting paranoid and think every email you get is going to be a virus. Your friend's computer could be compromised and they may not know. So don't blame your friend that sends you the email if you open it and you get an infection. Okay? Once your computer is infected, all your contacts on your system will also be infected if you send them information and they open the simple email. Especially if there's an attachment on it. And also, how do you hack a computer with a plain tax pay? That's for those that want to learn. But this is only for educational purposes. Hi, to hack. How to hack an email even with a tax message. Okay, so there is videos on YouTube on how to hack an email with a tax message. How to hack a tax message, the easiest hacks ever. And how to send a tax message by email. Friends. This is for educational purposes only. Hacking tax messages of a cell phone is something that many people want to do. It is illegal. However, a majority of these people assume it to be an impossible task and never do the effort of trying to figure it out. And the rest, including you, really want to find out how to do it, which leads them to information guides, okay, and etc. and etc. For example, some apps will ask you to tailbreak or route the target phone in order to hack its tax message. This is not really a festival requirement since the other person will find out when you've hacked their phone and know that you're up to. Educational purposes only. Part 1. How to hack a tax message without them knowing. <coughs> the word secret is the key here and I'm going to tell you and show you a way on how to hack anyone's tax message without having their phone. Therefore, without waiting any longer, let's start. This is for educational purposes only. Do not do it. There's a program called MiniSpy. So when you're looking for a message hacker that can get you to, re- sorry, each and every message of the other user, MiniSpy is an app you need. It is preferred messaging hacking up countless people across the globe. Okay, so just due to the top of the features that it offers, and etc. and etc. And you can do a lot with it. No jailbreaking required. What makes MiniSpy the best tax messages and spy up is there many reasons due to the MiniSpy and the best phone messages and etc. etc. 
you don't have to worry about installing it on any phone. It's spray up on your phone or computer in order to use it. It can be used from its dashboard, which opens in a web browser you use. This makes it sure that no concern about your system is being affected from viruses. Furthermore, it adds a level of probability to reading someone's messages. So, and I can see the program in front of me, and I can see how it works. But there's also other ways of doing it without even using a program. And this is not to make you paranoid or scared. How to send an email through a text message, and vice versa, and etc, and etc. How to, hack, how to hack a text message without them knowing. If you want to know how to hack a text message without them knowing, the best way is to use a spy up. There are several spy and monitoring apps known as secure as well known as subject uh, SPYAC. The app comes from a, 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 a good reputation company for millions of customers around the world. How to hack task messages without targeting the phone. Okay, now, it is illegal if you're caught. It is illegal to do it. Okay, and I learn how to do it, so then I can learn how to stop them. Okay, so, one of the simplest ways to get into people's systems is the people put it on themselves. Because they've either opened that email on a covered podcasts about it in the past. Friends, it's not about paranoia. It's about educating those that don't know. People say to me, my number's directly. How did I get that scam call? Very simple answer. Very simple answer. Because you give it to them. Yes, you give it to them. What do you mean you give it to them? Okay. Have you ever bought anything of Amazon? Have you ever put your phone number in? When you put your phone number in to, to buy stuff online, friends, sadly, without us knowing, the companies pass your information on to third parties to make money. So that particular company can target you with certain ads to get you to buy their products. Only last night I was having a snoop on Facebook, just reading up the general uh, information that's being shared. And I noticed a couple of my friends, who I'll have to tell them on the quad, are showing their mobile numbers on their social media accounts. Unless they put a dummy one in, which I'm hoping, then that's how people get your phone number. Because we give it to them. Okay, please share the podcast as far and wide, friends, and let's get a, a good audience out here. The more people I can educate, the less people get infected, the less headaches we, we have. And it saves that creator, you know, from getting into trouble. Can you imagine someone phoning you and eight or 20 people phoning you and saying, what the heck did you send me an email for? You've infected You've infected my computer. What are you going to do? Are you going to turn around and say, Oh, I don't know much about that. Well, if you don't know much about it, don't send them in the first place. Or go to someone that does know how to check your system and then send them them. It's as simple as that. Okay, so it's not about knowing at all. It's not about, oh, I know this more than you. It's about sharing what we do know and that's how we gain experience. 
You know, there's an old saying, if you're a person that knows it all, you'll never learn anything the next day. You'll never learn nothing, because none of us know it all. Okay, friends, keep safe and uh, safe browsing. Okay, safe browsing. I could go into podcasts uh, that would basically be really, really geeky, but then you're going to lose an audience that doesn't understand how to use a browser. Okay? So, a few simple steps. Okay? If you want to use a half-decent browser, do your research. Brave browser. Also, it's about setting up your operating system. Just don't go and buy a device out of a shop. Well, that's brand new, I'm safe. Because they're set by default settings. And default settings can be exploited by malicious people. Let's put it that way. So you need to learn to tweak it. And you need to tell your system, surf the internet, but if someone knocks your door, don't answer. Okay? Okay, friends, keep safe.